Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. If you are a conscious entrepreneur, you recognize that business training is only part of the picture for having a greater impact. When you connect that training and experience with deeper levels of energetic principles and inner knowing, you bring your full capacities to bear. My guest today joins me in her focus in doing exactly that. And I know that even if you say, well, I'm not in business, why is this important for me? Should I listen? This conversation will be important for anyone and everyone. And, um, and so join me in, in uh, taking a leap. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your quantum connection with your inner guidance by taking the quantum connection quiz. We're each designed to connect differently with the quantum universe, with the energetic universe, with source. And so knowing your own style is the first step of aligning with your inner guidance at a deeper level than you ever thought you could. It's the secret to having abundant flow in your business and personal life. So my guest today is Jeanette Lewis, who is an Oracle spiritual life coach and business strategist. I love that combination, I must say. She is the founder and CEO of Inner Sun Alchemy, an institute that creates cultural change through consciousness change, which is really the only way it can happen, by developing leadership in visionaries and change makers. You can see why I wanted to have her on, right? Through her coaching programs, she helps leaders and entrepreneurs implement astrology-based strategies to empower themselves, reclaim their purpose, and manage their energy, and build, finally, sustainable businesses. So we can't have all of that. Well, we can have all that. That's just, I'll just put that out that way. So welcome, Jeanette. I'm so glad you are here. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so grateful for uh, being here and being able to share space with you and your audience for this time of uh, what's coming through a sacred spiritual council. So thank you. Ah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And it's such a big time. Uh, you know, I know that we're recording on one date. It's going to play on another date. <laughs> and I'm, I feel safe in saying Yes, this today right now is a huge time of, of change. And that even, you know, though it's a few months out when people will finally be listening to this, that's, that same will be true because it feels like nothing is slowing down and we can't take anything for granted in our own being open to what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I want to start us out by um, asking you about something that I know that you are very um, invested in and, and that you teach, and that is about spiritually integrated leadership. And could you talk about what that is and what you mean by that and why that's so important today? So leadership for me is synonymous with stewardship. Mm. Mm. So when we are speaking about a leader, there are going to be two components with that. So there is personal leadership 
you know, uh, stewardship of your own self, your own life, that which is under your jurisdiction, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then um, additionally, if you are also in a position of leadership in the outside world, um, then they would talk about how you show up in those arenas as well and how you steward those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we, when I speak about spiritually integrated leadership, it's soul first. Mm and spirit-based so that that which is evolving out of your own life and your relationships, your health, your wellness, and all of that, as well as with your, again, if you are running a business or a nonprofit or any, anything else, um, that it is aligned with the highest and greatest good of all, that it is aligned with spirit and that it is something that is life affirming. So that is what, and I guess in a nutshell, spiritual leadership is for me. Okay. So it's it's not just exclusive to people who are in quote unquote positions of power. Mm-hmm. It is something that we all actually, um, I believe is, it's our assignment at this stage in our, our evolutionary paths. That we become a, a good steward. Yes, a good steward of ourselves. <laughs> and then if we are in a position of some type of leadership or or power of authority in the external world, that we're extending that to that which we're responsible for. Yeah. And it all starts with that that stewardship of self. But could you could you say a little more about what you mean by that? What what is it or how how are we? How do we be a good steward of of ourselves, of our company, our team, our, our planet? Well, first, it's recognizing that we and accepting. So recognizing and accepting the fact that we are souls here. Mm -hmm. And I know that may seem simple on the surface, but when we really start to deconstruct who we think we are as individuals, so much of that is comprised of um, societies, groups, families, you know, religion, culture, um, and they all have value. Um, but there are things that our soul takes on in order to navigate the world in a sense. So we want to go deeper to that which is unchanging. Mm-hmm. And that is the soul. That is the place of, of our foundation. And from that place is where we can really stay tapped into our authenticity and be very conscientious about how we choose to engage with and take on all the different kind of uh, labels or ideologies or beliefs or what have you that we take on. So, you know, how we choose to dress, the types of food we choose to eat and things like that, Mm -hmm. that should be coming birth out of that, which is um, unchangeable within us because the external is always going to be changeable. Right. Um, And that uh, also leads to, uh, because sometimes this can come up um, with fostering a sense of safety in oneself. Mm, what do you mean? When you are committed to and affirming that which is unchanging within you, you're less likely to be swayed by those things that you've taken on or external to you that constantly change because that is the nature of physical life. Um, you know, nothing is promised, nothing stays. You know, we're going to have the good times, the neutral times, the bad times. And when we can operate from that place of, um, our true nature, our soul nature, then we can take all of that with gratitude and love um, rather than uh, self-identifying with the swings between positive and, and negative. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that alone is its own mastery path that already takes a lot of work. It, <laughs> it, it, so. Absolutely. <laughs> right? It's a mastery path. And, and <laughs> it, 
one way that I speak about that then, and I want to see if it's the same for you or, or something similar is, I mean, people talk about the ego, but I'm more thinking about the personality that the personality is, is ever changing and, and being impacted. And um, that self, what you're talking about is the soul is that which is foundational. And, and in a way, I'm thinking about how people will say the one and the many. In other words, the one, the oneness is that soul that we each have. And yet the, the, we each have our own way of, um, of expressing that, excuse me, of expressing that, of um, showing up in the world. It's like the, the vehicle through which we express our soul. Is that what you're speaking about too? Yes, very much so. And I would also add that our, our personality is um, as well an amalgamation of our gifts and our talents. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. That's okay. uh, the vehicle of what our, our soul is bringing to share and to, to serve by. And it is also a co-creation. And it's a co-creation with our outside world. So our friends, our family, the culture, the different groups that we're in uh-huh. really are may seem to change over time, but really what's happening is we're refining the personality to be more and more true to um, what it is. So it's it's like, you know, when you get a, a crystal and it's like really rough and then you take the time to, to tumble it and smooth it down, um, the crystal itself hasn't changed, but its presentation gets refined over time. And that refinement can only happen in relationships. So um, you know, we don't ever want to, or I would advise not trying to destroy the personality, but rather to um, appreciate and be grateful for it. And the things that we consider to be challenges, see those as things that are refining and smoothing, um, those gifts and those talents, um, and those inner qualities that, uh, are, that are wanting to shine brightly. You know, some things can only grow in the space of resistance you know, for my, my folks out there who like to do, you know, strength training and things like that, you know, this, right. You can yes, only do yes. muscle. <laughs> with mm-hmm. some so um, okay. refining that personality or are really, it, it, it sounds much bigger than that refining those gifts and talents. Mm-hmm. So that, so that what, what's the next piece of that? So that the, the potency and the power of the soul can come through much more powerfully and with less restriction. Ah. So again, using the, the imagery of a crystal, mm-hmm. you know, when it's not uh, refined and you're shining light through it, the light is really muddled if it even can get through, mm-hmm. but if it's faceted in some way and you shine light through it, it's absolutely stunning. So what's the process of faceting? Well, that's going to depend on the soul and what you want to do <laughs> and, and how much, how much resistance you, you, uh, you have to that refinement. So the more we lean into, um, saying yes to those gifts, saying yes to those talents, saying yes to, um, the call that we have to help change the world and make it um, a better place, whatever it is, because it's mm-hmm. going to be different for every person. Um, but the more you say yes to that, the faster that process happens. Um, the more you resist, the more you delay that. Um, and so you have to wait until later and later in life for, you know, those opportunities to, to come through. And that usually means a lot more, um, I would say higher stakes that come up. Yes, yes. That's where people, I, I've seen it a lot, where people mm, perhaps get ill 
and they say, oh my gosh, finally, you know, now I see what I have to really look at and what I have to shift in my, in my life, in my body and the way I am um, in this world. And it always returns to who do I love? What do I love? Mm -hmm. And how do I want to show that love? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It always comes back to the soft things. Yeah, it does. It does. That's beautifully said. So in this, in this day and time, um, with the greater call showing up in the world, the greater demand, even, I want to say it that way, of situations of our own personal situations, of our cultural situations, are you seeing um, that greater demand? First of all, are you seeing that as a greater demand? And secondly, are you seeing that that greater demand is is generating more of a demand within us to, to respond to that? Yes. And, and I would say that with this, it's important to take a broader view of what's happening because I, I know the last few years have been um, um, especially heightened emotionally based mm. on what's happening. But, um, you know, we take a step back and look at the last 10 to 20 years and just considering how much has changed just in our consciousness and our, our culture um, and even openness to be having these kinds of conversations. I mean, even 20 years ago, who was doing a pod like podcast didn't exist. <laughs> right? like, you I, know, was, it, I was putting myself out as a speaker who was a futurist because I was speaking about these things, but it, right. was, it was hard. So like, you know, I mean, and I know I look young, but I'm in my early forties. And so like, you, you know, are young. I, I, am, I am, but like when people see me, they're like, oh, you're in your twenties. Like, no, I'm actually I'm older. Um, but I remember um, at those times, because that's, I, at, at that time in my life, I was making a choice to go on a spiritual path as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, no one was really, really talking about that. And now you see such a shift, mm -hmm. so much more openness, so much more um, uh, openness to look to self to question, to actually slow down a bit and say, okay, is this really working for me? Am I happy? What does this mean? Mm -hmm. um, is this really mine? <laughs> you know, all of those like, things. Yes, yes, yes. Is, you you know, know, is this mine to do? Uh, yeah, you know, is this mine in terms of, um, uh, you know, do I even want this thing or is this just something that I've chosen to take on because everybody else around me is, is wanting it? Right. Right. Um, and that can be positive or negative because people could be like, you know, you'd be a great teacher. So, you know, okay, I became a teacher, but you know what, even though I'm good, it doesn't mean it's fulfilling, you know, so it doesn't yeah, have to be yeah. my daughter, my daughter uh, who studied Russian in college said after the fact, well, a, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but more than that, she said, well, everybody kept telling me I was so good at languages and, and she is, and she had already had a second language that because she had spent a year abroad in high school. And and but, you know, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And I didn't know that it wasn't like I was saying, yeah, you got to do this. But that and that is what she chose based on what she thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's um, so I think having that that context is important in understanding that there's been and has been a gradual wave of awakening to self, awakening, awakening to something more available to us. Mm -hmm. And even more importantly, that we have a lot more agency 
and creating that rather than just reacting to something. Mm-hmm. And that's the key thing that I will, um, I'll definitely see, uh, or I'll tell your audience that they'll see more of as we enter more into the Aquarian age, because Aquarius is really about not just the community, but it's about the distinction of people and diversity that creates unity. Wow. Wait a minute. I I want you to say that again, because that's profound. And I haven't heard someone say it quite like that. So Pisces and Aquarius are unity, but they, uh, they present those energies to us in different ways. So Pisces is really about merging Mm -hmm. and the dissolving of all that is not real or all that we make up to basically commune with the divine commune with that, which is real commune with that, which is, is, um, not changing. Mm-hmm. So it's a bliss state. It's an ecstatic state, but there's not individuation in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas Aquarius is also unity, but it's unity through diversity. Mm. So it's, it's less about sameness, which is really what Pisces is about. <laughs> it's removing the, the places of distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, to come to oneness, but Aquarius is oneness through the different notes. Wow. Music. Mm-hmm. And so the only way that that's going to be harmonious rather than disharmonious is um, found in the opposing sign, which is Leo, which is our authentic self. Ah. So there's going to be a greater call for the, the calling up of our soul, sovereignty, our authenticity, the sharing of our gifts and our talents, the sharing of our joy, co-creating much more music, arts, you know, education, just a lot more of that coming through mm-hmm. uh, because that's actually what's going to create the innovation and the invention and all of the, the new things that can come. Um, but that can only be birthed if everybody in themselves is strong and clear right that whatever that sacred other yes. can come in okay okay I, I i love this because um last year i was to create a program called quantum co-creation and it was all about that co-creation with presence that co-creation with that that unchanging aspect of ourselves, but then coming together with a a group of others who were also there committed to doing that and then seeing the co-creation that could happen amongst them. So you're, you're providing me with a whole other um, reason for what I was doing and an understanding for what was coming to me that um, in, in your way of speaking about things. I love that. Thank you. So how, how can how do you suggest that we work more effectively with with our own natural cycles? Well, first, um, understand that this gift of our body is the uh, the textbook and the altar <laughs> <laughs> of soul of life. Like everything you pretty much want to know about life, you can you can discover through really paying attention to your body and how your body works. Uh-huh. Um, the body is naturally cyclical because that's how existence works. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our daily circadian rhythms. And if you are a menstruating person, you also have a, a monthly, you know, lunar cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, but with any cycle, regardless of the amount of time that it takes, the components of the cycle are always the same. 
And so when you understand that, then you can assess, okay, where am I in this cycle? Because when I know where I am, Mm -hmm. then I know what actions need to be taken in this space to make the most out of it. Mm. And I also know what's coming next. Because the next time is like, respond. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I can also plan ahead and I can strategize. And that can go again from the personal all the way to the organizational because the concept is the same. The scale doesn't matter for spirit. We, we put the differentiation on that because we think that running an organization or running our life is different. Right. <laughs> it's actually and, and more important. <laughs> right. It's the same. So master the self first, right? So but just like how we know if we're in the spring season, there's going to be certain conditions for that. We can do certain things in that. Certain things will grow. It's a very specific kind of energy. Summer necessarily has to come next. Mm-hmm. So then we know, okay, that has certain kind of activities. There's certain things that are beneficial for that, other things which are going to be tough. So I can plan accordingly. So, you know, with that, when we're working with our body, whether on a daily schedule, on a menstrual schedule, if we want to work with the schedule of the moon, which is also a monthly cycle, um, the schedule of the seasons, and then getting into astrology, following those cycles, because they, they, everything has its own timing, mm-hmm. but it's all the same principle. And when you know where that flow is for different things, then you can ride the wave and know where you're supposed to be. And that's what actually helps to um, create sustainability over the long term. Because what's beautiful about the wisdom of cycles and what I term cyclical planning Mm -hmm. is regeneration and restoration and clearing is naturally included. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be times of rest. There's going to be times of rapid growth. There's going to be times of maintenance, Mm -hmm. right? So holding on to what you have, not necessarily in a a gripping way, but in a like, you know, if things are going well, you maintain what goes well, Mm -hmm. right? Um, If things are not going so well, you contract and hold on to what's good so that what needs to be released, released, et cetera. Um, Knowing that is profoundly important in our own lives in terms of managing our own energy output, emotional output, mental output, mm-hmm. so that we're not overextending ourselves. Right, right. right? Um, it's crucial well for navigation. As, yes, yes. And, you know, how we structure our business, you know, when, when we need to push and when we need to relax. Mm-hmm. And knowing mm-hmm. when it's like, okay, if there's a retraction here, like this is purposeful. Mm-hmm. Right? I've noticed that there are cycles within cycles within cycles. In other words, there are the the um, the outer cycles, like the cycles of the seasons, and then and then I see within myself, and certainly within my clients, where there are moments, there are times where there's something new that's emerging. There's something that has completed. Mm-hmm. It may not have be, it may be totally out of sync with the season, so to speak, and that yes. I'm needing to to rest in that void space yes. until the time until as I watch and, and pay attention and stay present, something starts to emerge that I can then um, uh, expand upon. Yeah. Yeah. For for people individually, um, those really key pivotal times of transition. Um, I tend to find are when um, they have their North Node transiting through their 12th house in their natal chart. Uh-huh. 
that actually kicks off a brand new um, soul cycle, 18 year cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually a lot of shifts in terms of um, the work that they're doing, um, the relationships where they're living. Mm-hmm. It's usually a lot of shifts that happen throughout the entire 12th house transit. Um, but it's clearing the way to bring in what the new assignments are. So the new work potentially or education, the new relationships, the new place that you're supposed to live, the new um, connections with people in the community. All of that also comes in during that time to set you up for um, a period of massive expansion. So um, it's a really potent time. It's not necessarily easy, mm-hmm. um, but that's usually when people tend to come to me. They're either about to enter that cycle, they're in the middle of it, or they've just come out of it and they're like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's big. <laughs> yeah. And you're able to really shed light upon that. Yeah. Yeah. So is that something as you're working with someone? Um, are you always doing reading somebody's chart how do how are you working with someone the first when people come to me the first the first time that's one of the first things that we talk about Mm -hmm. um so we looking at the north node is one of four things we look at Mm -hmm. um but i say that one for last because it is the most important because that tells you your greater life cycle um Mm -hmm. uh, kind of I guess, chapter that you're in um, and knowing what is really going to be necessary in terms of external ambition that you might have um, versus more internal or personal ambition that is more prioritized depending on where the soul is Mm -hmm. is developing. Um, But that is always key. And um, I have that be the first session because once people have that understanding, one, they are immensely self-empowered to the point where you know, if we never worked again, they would be fine to be able to navigate the chart on their own, which is my priorities. Like, I want you to not need me. <laughs> right. Um, but also, too, they they begin to fall in love with themselves and their soul more because they see now, oh, this is actually purposeful. You know, things are not just happening. And when they start to see the timing of when certain things happen, and like, oh, so I know that in the next couple of years, like this is going to be happening. This is going to be happening. Mm-hmm. I, again, I can prepare for it because it's not something that's happening out of the blue. It's something that um, my soul is orchestrating in conjunction with what's happening in the outside world. Yeah, yes, yes. And so that the beauty of that is that um, you're using astrology to help people understand their own bigger picture. Yeah, and their own cycle. And their own, of course, they're, yeah, and of course, yeah. their own cycles. And I'm thinking about bigger picture because so often when things are tough, people can first have this sense of, oh, you know, this is too much, too big of a struggle. Why me? You know, I mean, and they move into, they can move into that place of, of seeing themselves as a victim, as a, why is this happening to me? And, and that's always my first place of let's look at, you know, that bigger picture of how this is, why this is happening and how this is happening really for you, how it's being orchestrated for you. And I love how you are mm, able to paint this picture for people and really help them see it. Uh, It's, it's quite beautiful. And, and I'm thinking, and I'm wanting to ask how you, um, how you use this understanding, this astrological understanding to help people stay motivated. Well, it's funny. Um, I tell people that motivation is not going to be their friends because it's based off of emotional states. 
and emotions are always going to change. Uh-huh. Yes. And emotions I, are the seesaw. Yeah, they're just a, a, an important biofeedback system, but they're they're not something that you'd want to stand on. You can't stand on water. You can stand on earth. Mm. And so what is earth? Earth is the mundane. It's the, the structural. It's the, the basics that keep us steady. Mm-hmm. And so that is, okay, what do I need to be doing in my daily practice for my spiritual well-being, for my mental well-being, for my emotional well-being, and for my physical well-being? Mm-hmm. Normally what happens when people start to get overwhelmed with the outside world, they usually have started paying too much attention to that and have allowed the stewardship of themselves and their own body and their own, their own you know, mm-hmm. different states to take a back seat. Got it. And so they're not being a good steward. Right. So there's a there's a, a dissolving of one's power and a projection of it outward rather than a, a holding on to one's power mm-hmm. and then allowing that power to build to a point of overflow, which you can then use to address whatever is going on outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, my my ask for people is to center themselves more. Mm -hmm. How? By prioritizing their well-being. Like it has to be a non-negotiable to do meditation every morning or journaling or whatever it is that Mm -hmm. that you do. Something where they go inside. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be non-negotiable that you have some type of mental break throughout the day, whether that is, um, you know, making sure you take your breaks at work or reading or something. Mm-hmm. Um, emotional breaks, whether that is, you know, go dance or, you know, watch something funny, go create something physical engagement. So exercise, like whatever, but it has to become a non-negotiable. Yes. Yeah. Because especially when we're talking about sustainability, if we want something to last for the long term, again, we want to look to see what our body does and what nature does. And mm. They're both very ordered. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's a good very point. ordered. Like there's there's really little wiggle room um, for how the body regulates itself and how earth regulates itself. Like it's a really, you know, it's a fine-tuned system. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would do well to model the simplicity of that and to fall in love with peace. Ooh. Which gets disguised as the mundane. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I think I talk a lot about peace in one's own heart and, and how we can have peace in one's own heart. And you're tying in the paying attention to almost the step-by-step nature of how life can go in order to, to help foster that, to cultivate it. Yeah. Cause what, what you're doing is you're actually, you're entraining yourself to something that is steady. because. Mm. Even though so much change happens in our world, our body still is going to have its circadian rhythm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like it would just will until we die. Like it's still going to have its <laughs> daily rhythm. <laughs> whether and you it, want it to or not. <laughs> yeah, whether you want it to or not. And same thing with nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still going to like, yes, there may be volatility, but the seasons are still going to be the seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like we, we actually don't have control of that. So again, when we want to foster a sense of emotional safety and trust, we have to amplify those things that are like, oh, in the midst of seeming change, there is actually a lot of sameness. So let me practice sameness 
Mm. And not allow boredom or the idea of boredom Mm -hmm. to pull me out of that, which actually is safe for my heart and my emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Instead, recognize that when boredom comes up, it usually means that I just need to create more or have fun more. Yes. Yeah. Or to reaffirm or become more grateful for what I do have rather than seek something outside that is going to introduce chaos or disruption because we're seeking some kind of, you know, dopamine hit. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of emotional, uh, emotional hit or emotional drama. If people yeah. seek out drama, it's often because they don't know how to be inside and, and have that, uh, that connection. Yeah. Or a high, you know, seeking constant ecstasy is also a negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It still registers as stress on our spirit and on our body. And even when people, and I'm curious to get your take on this, um, because I do regu- a regular kind of a meditation program, a couple of t- twice a week that people come to, you know, for sometimes a long time. Um, and some people will say, oh, that was so blissful. And really it's not the bliss. I, I, I have a thing about bliss that bliss, like what, a, what the heck is bliss? And and yet that connection inside is ever changing and also has that constancy. It, it, it's both and. So I'd, I'd love to get your sense of, of bliss. I mean, just how you think about that, how you speak about that. For me, bliss is actually um, an experience with the divine rather than an ex- rather than a um, uh, a regular state that one lives in. Mm-hmm. So it's think about when you are first falling in love with somebody and you have that kind of infatuation, all that pink color and the aura. For those of you who are clairvoyant, you can see that energy. Um, you know, that's our human version of bliss. Mm-hmm. So when we have that spiritual experience of bliss, that's actually us communing with the divine and it's that love, that kind of love energy that shows up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like with infatuation, we can be addicted to to that state as if that state is what lasts forever. Okay. That, of, that's of what bliss. Me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Infatuation, like that's not, that's the the threshold to love mm-hmm. in a relationship mm-hmm. right um but that's that's the sense that brings you and it can be an that's not attachment rather than a a real yeah. to to um a come a connection with yeah and so you know, just as if you, again, were just falling in love with someone and you have that initial states of infatuation, you know, if it's going to be a mature love, it will deepen and become really conscientious and, you know, you'll walk a certain way. And so too, with the divine, with your soul, however you want to look at it, um, bliss will develop into devotion. Mm-hmm. And devotion is love, showing up, co-creation, respect, and honor whether I'm in the move forward or not. Yes. Love and action. Yeah. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, bliss is, is the, the scent. It's the rose. It brings you to the threshold, but um, it's your spiritual maturity. That's going to allow that to birth the seed of devotion. Yeah. 
So let me ask you a little about, about purpose, because people speak so much about, you know, I want to know what my purpose is. And, and I'm curious to know how you think about it, because one of the things that I think is so important is to, is to recognize that purpose is not a, a static thing or, a, oh, I've discovered my purpose and therefore I'm done. And that, that there's something about the nature of expression and an ongoing expression of our purpose that that seems to be um, essential to our well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, in a broad response, um, purpose is related to what we were talking earlier with the personality and our gifts and our talents. Mm-hmm. So, existing and in particular, allowing yourself to freely explore as best as you can, given the circumstances in the world that you may live in the different gifts and talents that you have is your purpose, Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not that actually comes, you know, as a job or or what have you, Mm -hmm. it's irrelevant, but you just existing and living and being true to yourself is actually purpose. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, It is that simple, not always that easy because not everyone necessarily feels that they can be themselves truly. Right. And again, there may be external um, things that are preventing them from doing so. So that is purpose. That, though, is different from what I call callings, mm-hmm. alignments. Mm-hmm. So that is work that your soul is committed to and has contracted itself to do mm-hmm. to help to shift or co-create the shift of um, our world and to, to make it a better place. So that is different. That may or may not be work that you do, a business that you've launched or an organization or a charity or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, it can show up in many different ways, but it's, it is a non-negotiable mm-hmm. and it usually tends to be something that someone has pretty much always done in some capacity. And as they go throughout their lives, um, their responsibility and their impact grows, um, mm-hmm. and depending on, on, on what they're doing. But that is definitely specifically service oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas purpose is for everyone, which is again being self and being authentic right. self and those gifts and talents, because uh that ultimately is is the goal, is everyone being truly their true soul nature. Yeah. Really. And then those who have specific callings they have additional work and they're like, okay, I want to actually get my hands dirty in here and like do more um, heavy lifting. So to speak. So are are you saying in that, and I love that differentiation um, that not everyone has a calling. Yes. Wow. And yeah. And that's, that's hard for people to hear because they, they, because they're taking calling as a way to, make themselves feel better or to feel important mm-hmm. like oh if i have a calling then my existence has worth yes it has it has meaning it has meaning and you you exist that's the purpose mm-hmm. <laughs> right calling is i have purpose and i have chosen to also do this work that's going to be really hard that is for the benefit of others not myself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's always both and if you have a calling Mm -hmm. um, but purpose doesn't necessarily mean calling just like everyone 
you know, even if you have a business idea, it's not necessarily means you need to run a business. Right. 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 Because running a business is hard. <laughs> right. It's hard. Um, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Right. But it just not necessarily be your calling. If you just might have those gifts and you can say like, oh, um, I don't actually want to do that kind of heavy lifting, but I do want to work with or associate with hmm. those who are doing that and share what I have to help you know, what already is in place. And they're, they're, that's the co-creation on a different level. Yes. Wow, that's a beautiful way of uh, yeah. looking at that. But yeah. It's that, that thing about, you know, like I, I want this to make me feel loved or accepted or important for the calling is um, it's a really um, it's a slippery slope. Well, it's not about you. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, and I see that, that when someone starts to walk in that, in that territory, so to speak, that there's an agenda and there's an expectation. And, and when those get in the way, when those start operating, it, it feels like, and this is one of the things that I teach people how to, to experience. It feels like a lack of truth, a lack of truth in our own interconnection. Mm-hmm. which is why the when we spoke in the beginning about spiritual leadership mm-hmm. it the foundation is always the self yeah and the walk with soul and the walk with spirit because that will always keep you in check mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll always keep you in check and open the doors yeah I mean, holding, keeping you in checks, sort of, I, I know what you mean by that. I just want to, to bring that forward a little bit because you don't mean hold you back. Oh, no, we're constantly <laughs> actually being pushed for because right. we actually pull right. ourselves back a lot. <laughs> it's keeping that personality that or that, uh, but this here's maybe a good place to use the word ego, the way that it is generally used from yeah. the ego from running the show. Yeah. 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 And, and the, the ego really is basically the distorted personality and that's birthed from a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you'd be tr- having a lack of trust and, and how that can show up is like having a lot of control and being hyper vigilant about how something is supposed to be, how it's supposed mm-hmm. to go, expectations you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So we'll find that we become more trusting and we can release control. We, be, we can become less hyper vigilant um, when we are in tune with our true soul nature. Um, because we get to see the world as it is and understand our place in it. Yeah. Um, and spirit is not at war with itself. Yeah. And, and therefore we don't need to be at war with anyone else. Yeah. But most importantly within ourselves, because mm-hmm. even the outside is always a reflection of what's happening. Inside. Right. And that's what I mean. When we're, when we're not at war with ourselves, when we are in harmony, when we are in alignment with ourselves, then we don't look out and say, Oh, you're different from me. You're, you're other. And so that separation isn't there in, in the way that that creates disharmony. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeanette, this is such a juicy conversation and I feel like I could go on with you for a couple more hours. However, (laughs) um, could you let people know how they can find you? Yes. Um, So you can find me on my website, inner sun alchemy altogether, innersonalchemy.com. Um, so I have uh, information there about sessions if you want to work with me one-on-one as well as training programs, um, whether for 
connecting with your soul and reclaiming your soul sovereignty, as I like to call it, Mm -hmm. um, as well as programs for um, entrepreneurs who are really more spirit led and want to incorporate more of these spiritual tools and principles and especially astrology, um, cyclical planning into how they run their business. Um, or if you're a nonprofit, how you run your, your nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, information on events and, and things like that. So that's the best way to uh, get in touch and to stay abreast of all the things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then if you are a social media butterfly, you can also find <laughs> me on Instagram or on Facebook. Same thing, inner sun alchemy. Um, so it should be nice and easy. <laughs> great, great. And and those will be in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that as Jeanette was sharing it, you can find it in the show notes. Jeanette, thank you so much for sharing yourself, for mm, bringing your particular brilliance to us today. Thank you. This is lovely. And peace and blessings to your audience. <laughs> thank you. And to you. I receive and accept. And thank you to our listeners for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. And remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts, subscribe. And if you've enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review because that helps more people find this kind of wisdom and, and, and ultimately to transform the world. And for more about how to deepen your connection with your own inner guidance, take the quantum connection quiz now. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. Facebook.